You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. He was only in office for just over three years, but his legacy still touches the lives of British Columbians every day. Dave Barrett, the first NDP premier in B.C. history, died today at the age of 87 after a long struggle with Alzheimer's. Linda Ellsworth looks back at the legendary populist politician. Dave Barrett was a tough guy with a gentle heart and a wisecracking sense of humor that helped him endure three and a half years as leader of British Columbia. We knew we were different and we knew growing up in the East End that we had to try twice as hard to get half as much. But that didn't bother us. Dave Barrett was a humanitarian who started out as a social worker in the B.C. prison system. When he was unsatisfied with the rehabilitation inmates were receiving, he entered public office became an MLA and eventually rose to leader of the new Democratic Party. In 1972, he became BC's first NDP Premier. They voted for him because of his passion for people and his sense of humor. It was always the people were first, but it was never about Dave. He was always interested, how can I help? How can I improve lives for people? I mean, really, just driven by that. In his three and a half years in office, his party passed an unheard of 367 bills. Among them, the creation of the Agricultural Land Reserve. We don't want any more real estate speculation going on on farmland in this province ever again. Ever again. Then there was ICBC, wildly popular in the day because it dramatically brought down auto insurance costs. Has anybody got rid of it? What government would dare stand up? What party would dare stand up today and say, vote for me and I'll get rid of ICBC? His government created the first province-wide ambulance service and the sea bus service between Vancouver and the North Shore. But he was perhaps most proud of protecting the forests on Cypress Bowl from being logged. You look back at what they did in, nine, in 39 months. It, it, it is just, you, you, can, you can't comprehend it, especially in these days of, you know, legislature crawl and all those sort of things and cautioned by politicians. They just went for it. This is Dave Barrett and my first program for radio station CJOR. When the NDP was defeated by Bill Bennett's social credit government, Barrett became a radio talk show host. But in time, he returned to public service, this time as a federal member of parliament. Nothing pleased him more than serving the province he loved. Here's a guy who's just like us, and, and Dave was able to, to, to give that sense to people. Dave Barrett wouldn't want us to be sad. He was, he was a happy warrior. He was out there fighting with a smile on his face because he was making a difference. And funny. Oh my goodness, he could make you laugh. He had the best sense of humor, and when you're giving a political speech, that really helps. They take me aside and I look around and I say, you know, Dave... I really like that pharmacare, Dave. And Dave, you've done a good thing with the land. And Dave, I like the men come. And Dave, I like the daycare. But gosh, Dave, be careful. I can't stand socialism. And a great speaker as well. Keith Baldry joins us live in Victoria now with more. Keith, uh, Linda touched a bit on Dave Barrett's legacy, but it really is a remarkable list. 
Yes, and it, it uh, stretches into all aspects of life, and it's uh, an enduring legacy, and not a lot of it's going to disappear anytime soon. So Linda touched on a number of them. I think it bears repeating some of the major accomplishments, and some of the ones people may not associate with the Barrett government. But first of all, of course, ICBC, the creation of ICBC, and the agricultural landries are two pivotal uh, revolutionary moves by the NDP government in the, in the 1970s. Uh, the establishment of Pharmacare, an enduring part of our BC healthcare system. The ambulance service. Uh, they set in motion the events that led to the creation of Robson Square because they make sure that an office tower planned by W.C. Bennett wasn't going to go there. Uh, there was no question period until Dave Barrett came in. He established question period and answered. Uh, there was uh, also banning corporate punishment in schools. This is a pretty big deal back when I was in school because the strap, of course, had been there for at a teacher's uh, discretion. Lowered the drinking age to 19. Uh, preserved Cypress Bowl, as Linda mentioned, and even banning pay toilets. So the list goes on and on. As Linda mentioned, more than 300 bills in a little over in three years. Uh, just a, a remarkable legacy, the likes of which I don't think we're going to see again because I don't think political parties are in a position anymore to bring in the type of revolutionary moves that the Barrett government of the NDP did in such a short term, uh, short time frame. For sure. All right. His impact still being felt today. Keith, thank you. Mm. Right. Well, now we go from a political legacy to the politics of today. Oh, come on. Come on. Really? Really? Okay. Prime Minister this Justin Trudeau showing some uncharacteristic frustration with no, noisy protesters in Nanaimo. It's the last stop on Trudeau's cross-country town hall tour, and it was definitely the most lively. With Kinder Morgan Pipeline Politics in the headlines, the PM at times faced off with those boisterous protesters, eventually getting them tossed out. Jill Bennett reports. Justin Trudeau. Cheers and boos greeted Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to an event almost an hour delayed on the final stop of his town hall tour, playing to a packed house of 1,700. We are going to have a conversation today that is, uh, I think, an essential part of democracy. For hours, people waited to have a chance to ask the PM a question. Many carried placards of protest, but were respectful. Others were not. I think I've been polite. I think I've been patient. I think I've been respectful. Have I been respectful towards you? No, sir. You don't get a microphone. You've used up your time. Just a couple of questions into the town hall, the heckling continued. The prime minister clearly growing frustrated. The other part of... Oh, come on! Come on! Really? Really? Okay, this is it. Will you please respect the people in this room? Will you please respect the people in this room? No, then please leave. The loudest heckler was removed a short time later by police. Emotions were also running high with many in the crowd opposed to the Kinder Morgan pipeline project. We need to protect our coastline. So please, please, oh please, please. I think I'm okay. I think it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Thank you. It's okay. The Prime Minister also fielded questions about foreign policy, animal rights, and more about pipelines. Some people still think there is a choice to be made, either environment or economy. But most Canadians understand that we need to build both a stronger economy in sustainable ways while protecting the environment at the same time. As Trudeau took more questions, a bottle was thrown at him. Trust for Alan. RCMP quickly moved in and removed a woman from the bleachers. Three officers then carted her out of the gymnasium. 
Thank you for the welcome. After two hours, the Prime Minister left, followed by a stock Kinder Morgan chant. Outside, protesters gathered in front of his vehicle, causing another delay. This one cleared quickly by RCMP. Jill Bennett, Global News, Nanaimo. North Vancouver RCMP are investigating a bizarre and disturbing incident. An 89-year-old woman was assaulted by a stranger in her own home in Lynn Valley. It happened yesterday afternoon when a man dressed as a construction worker knocked on her door asking to use the bathroom. Police have released this sketch of the suspect. He's described as wearing white disposable overalls with a hood. The woman was taken to hospital and treated for minor injuries. Global News has obtained exclusive new video of the end of that parking lot rampage in Maple Ridge yesterday that injured a woman and her son. The video shows a black truck smashing into a bus stop shelter. They were the final seconds of a rampage that went on for several minutes. RCMP say the driver of the pickup first backed into a park, uh, parked vehicle and then took off through a restaurant drive through lane. I'm hoping that we're going to show you this video. All right, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to show you. Well, he collided with barricades before finally crashing into the bus stop. A female pedestrian and her son were hurt, but thankfully their injuries are not life-threatening. The 34-year-old driver, though, was arrested at the scene. He is facing charges of impaired driving, hit-and-run, and dangerous driving, causing bodily harm. The family of a 19-year-old woman who was gunned down in Surrey in 2011 is outraged tonight with the news that one of the men involved is already out of prison. Gersamar Betty was convicted of helping the man who killed Maple Battaglia before and after the murder. As Rumina Dea reports, his release adds to the family's anger over his sentence. Justice, an absurd ideal for Maple Battaglia's family. Where are my rights? Where are Maple's rights? Where are my family's rights? Gurzimar Bedi is now a free man after serving time for his role in Battaglia's murder in 2011. The 19-year-old executed by her ex-boyfriend, Gurjinder Dhaliwal, in the parkade of Simon Fraser University's Surrey campus. Do you have anything to say? When's the last time you saw me? Dollywall was sentenced to 21 years in prison after pleading guilty to second-degree murder. But his accomplice, Bathy, was only ever convicted of accessory after the fact. His sentence, handed down in January 2017, 18 months given time served, and now he's out. His role in stalking my sister and providing the, and working as an informant and the eyes and ears of Mr. Dollywall allowed Mr. Dollywall the access to my sister because otherwise he had a no contact order. According to the evidence, Bedi rented the getaway car and provided Dollywall with information about the police investigation. To me, it's a slap in the, the face of the Battaglia family. It's, uh, it's, I'm disgusted with the criminal justice system of Canada and it needs quite a bit of reform to, to make it fair and there's, there's really no justice. No justice for Maple, but her friends and family continue to fight in hopes of creating awareness and stricter laws to protect others from the same fate. Ramina Dea, Global News. The Vancouver School Board says it's investigating alleged assaults at a school dance. It happened on Wednesday at Kitsilano Secondary. A parent tells Global News that a number of students showed up under the influence of drugs and or alcohol, but were still allowed in. She says a number of girls were assaulted, including inappropriate touching. And in one case, a girl was hurt after being pushed to the floor. 
The parent claims there's been no information from the school or the district. And transit police are asking for help in finding this suspect in an alleged sexual assault on SkyTrain. The man is accused of grabbing a young woman's face and licking her lips after the woman and her friends refused to talk to him and his friends. It happened on New Year's Day at 2.30 a.m. on the Millennium Line at Broadway and Commercial. It's not often we hear from the family of a victim of gang violence, but tonight the mother and father of a young man are speaking out just two days after their son was killed. Cody Isaacson died in a drive-by shooting on Wednesday. And tonight his mother tells Global's John Hua she wishes she, that he'd been in prison instead. And I did see, uh, you know, a hole in the bed, uh, a hole through the wall. Bullet holes littered outside Cody Isaacson's bedroom. The outcome his parents prayed and hoped their son could avoid. He was a good guy. He didn't deserve to die. When the bullet entered under this windowsill, his mother says it struck the 28-year-old in the heart. My son was bleeding out on the floor, and somebody was still ruthless enough to enter my son's bedroom and take anything that he could. Allegedly robbed by a roommate during her firstborn's final moments, far from the glamorized lifestyle, often linked with drugs and gangs. Just somebody in there that just thought... Nothing of my son. And that's really hard. The shooting happened in the early morning Wednesday at a Chilliwack residence neighbors allege is a known drug house. Isaacson later died in hospital. I feel that if the heat was turned on a little bit, that maybe this wouldn't have happened. That's because his parents knew this was just a matter of time. Isaacson already the bloodied victim of an alleged home invasion last October. I made you know calls to the attachment asking them if you know there was any, you know, Anything being done about that incident, I was basically stonewalled. Despite getting caught in the criminal lifestyle, Isaacson remembered as a loving father of three that never let his two worlds cross. A grieving mother's message, the ongoing gang-related shootings have to stop, no matter the cost. They're caught with weapons and they're just detained. Honestly, my son should have been in jail. Rather than this, I would have much rather that. Isaacson's parents now pleading that his death not be avenged. Not wanting this vicious circle of violence to further tarnish their beloved son's name. John Hua, Global News. First, though, that horrifying dog attack caught on video in Vancouver that led to the death of a beloved family pet has raised questions about the enforcement of the city's bylaws. Aaron MacArthur is live in Vancouver now with the story and some exclusive new video of the attack. Aaron. Yeah, Sophie, hard to watch dog attacks like this, especially off-leash when they're so easily prevented. We spent a lot of time talking to dog owners today, and they want to know where the city of Vancouver is when it comes to protecting their rights. Behind her left ear here, and then on, on this side of her snout where you see the pink area here. Vita is fine, at least on the outside. The emotional scars run a little deeper. The English bulldog has been attacked more than once by an off-leash aggressive dog. A lot of our neighbors and a lot of the people around here are very super concerned. Vita's owner is so concerned, she wants us to conceal her identity. But she is furious, not so much at the dog owner, but at City Hall. She's complained to animal control so many times with zero response. I pay my license fee like everyone else does, but that hasn't stopped animal control from ignoring the situation. In the wake of this vicious off-leash dog attack last month on the seawall, many dog owners in the city are wondering why more isn't being done to enforce the rules. 
The city says its primary purpose with animal control is education. Thousands of warnings are given every year, but just 63 tickets in 2017, a majority of those off-leash violations. The mayor was asked about dogs on Friday. He says it's up to people to police the situation. We count on, uh, on pet owners to make sure that they're following the rules, that they uh, register their animals, they keep them on leashes when they're in public spaces and, uh, and respect uh, everyone else's space. People might have to do it themselves, saying it's rare to see one of the city's 11 bylaw officers. It's definitely left up to the owners to police and make their own decisions. Um, and, you know, the city doesn't seem to be very involved or care very much. We checked with the city of Vancouver last year. They had 26,000 calls to 311 for animal-related issues. And as I said in the story, just 63 tickets. There are rules in place. Fines start at $250 and can go up to $10,000. But they are, as we've seen, exceedingly rare. Sophie, Chris? For the 10th straight year, friends and family of Lindsay Buziak marched to make sure her case is never forgotten. Today marks exactly 10 years since the 24-year-old Vancouver Island realtor was murdered while showing a house in Gordon Head. No one has been charged. Saanich police say they believe there are multiple people withholding information and they're pleading with them to come forward. It was a terrifying night for residents of an Abbotsford apartment waking up at 3 a.m. to a fire raging through their building. As Jennifer Palmer reports, the smoke and flames forced many onto their balconies to wait for rescue. Thick smoke in hallways forces 12 adults plus children out onto their balconies at 3.30 this morning. Fire crews rescuing them. Fire burning through the roof of the three-story apartment complex at Gladwin and George Ferguson Way in Abbotsford. Seconds after I got outside, like that window blew out and it was just coming all up the side. It was hot. It was choking. No one was going to get out of that building if they didn't know. No. As soon as I got by the elevator and stairs, overwhelming smell of smoke. Neighbors helped each other, making sure those with mobility issues were safe and ensuring pets made it out. Brian Young knocked on doors. How hot it was, I knew right away to get the people out. First arrived, there was smoke coming from a common area on the third floor. Uh, they made an aggressive attack and got a knockdown. I was praying that no one was killed, because they could have been. Officials say the fire began in the third floor common area. The cause is unknown. Police and fire investigators were on scene. Residents say the building has sprinklers, but they didn't work. It was that hot up there that it actually went through the walls and it actually blew out one of our main lines. Three suites are uninhabitable. Two others have water damage. For now, residents are in the care of emergency social services. Just put everybody in a panic because the vast majority of the people that live here don't have tenants insurance. Wow. I'm grateful and I hope that people come together to help people that need help. Jennifer Palma, Global News. Emotions running high in a Michigan courtroom today where the father of three girls abused by Larry Nasser tried to tackle the former U.S. gymnastics doctor in court. It began with the judge turning down the dad's request for five minutes alone with Nasser. You give me one minute. <laughs> I, you know that I can't do that. That's not how our legal system works. Well, I'm going to have to get <laughs> Sheriffs took down Randall Margraves just before he was able to get his hands on Nasser. 
The convicted doctor was back in court today facing sentencing for girls he assaulted at a private practice. He's already been sentenced to 175 years behind bars for molesting girls under the guise of medical treatment. Margraves later returned to court to apologize for his actions. I came here in support of my daughters. I knew they were going to read a statement. I didn't know what all was in it. They would not let me see it ahead of time. I've dealt with my daughters as late very delicately. I'm realizing they may never trust a man again. Then I got to hear that, and I look over here, and Larry Nasser's shaking his head no, like it didn't happen. Who would put herself through this if it didn't happen? I've lost control. I apologize a hundred times. Toronto police continue to uncover chilling details about alleged serial killer Bruce MacArthur as they comb through yards where he worked as a landscaper. Many fear there will be more victims, and a B.C. man is thankful he wasn't one of them. Ted Trinecki has his story. When I saw the news, that's when I flashed back to that grip. That grip, belonging to 66-year-old Bruce MacArthur, now charged with five counts of first-degree murder. Toronto police are calling MacArthur an alleged serial killer. We've never seen anything quite like this with the number of crime scenes that we have, have to process. A man now living in Mission has intimate knowledge, having met MacArthur as recently as last spring in Toronto. He seemed pretty adamant about meeting, and I think that was odd for me, and intuitively something wasn't right. Together they went into the back of MacArthur's empty van, became intimate, but the BC man pulled back when MacArthur tried to force him to perform oral sex. That's when he got violent. He grabbed my neck with one hand from the back of the neck and twisted it to his crotch. And it was, I was, that's when I was disturbed. I thought one more second, one more twist, he'd snap it in half. Luckily, Scromo had taken martial arts training after a previous bad date. And I grabbed his elbow, squeezed it like the funny bone, re released the grip, and I remember saying to him, Bruce, why would you do something like that after all the violence I've been through? And he just seemed unfazed. If MacArthur is a serial killer, he hit it well, even played Santa at a local mall in recent years. For at least 30 homeowners, he was the gentle gardener they hired and had known for years. He was very pleasant. You could never have ever imagined that this is what he would do. Scromo also says so many things don't add up. Since the news broke, he's been running the details of his encounter over and over, trying to make sense of it. I'm absolutely sure I escaped death that evening. Ted Chernecki, Global News. In health matters tonight, a warning that your personality could put you at risk of being bitten by a dog. A British study of nearly 700 people found those with a nervous disposition were more likely to be nipped. Those who were the most anxious had 23% higher risk of getting bitten by a dog than those who were the least neurotic. It looked like it was going to be lights out for these pieces of Las Vegas history. How they managed to shine on without being plugged in. Coming up after the forecast. Groundhog Day, let's check in with uh, Christy Gordon now and a look at uh, what weather we can expect over the next little while. Christy? Thanks, Chris. I don't support Groundhog Day, but I thought I'd just let you know anyway. It's sort of all over the place. Uh, Shubenacadie Sam, early spring. Wyerton Willie, six more weeks of winter. And Balzac Billy, uh, early spring. So those are the Canadian groundhogs. 
But do you want to know what I have to say about it? Here's a look at what we have to say. All right, looks like winter is going to continue as it has been with uh, areas near the south, near normal temperatures over the next three months, whereas those of you in the north staying cold, it has been and it will continue to be for the near uh, future. And in terms of precipitation, we're expecting above normal uh, rainfall. And that's what we've seen across the south, especially into Vancouver and Victoria, just a little bit further north, near normal. So what you've seen will continue, everyone. And this weekend is no different. So hardest hit areas across Vancouver Island this weekend will be the West Coast and in through northern regions. Fraser Valley getting hit hardest for the lower mainland, about 30 millimeters, maybe 40 up towards the North Shore. There is one break in the rain, and that's sort of tomorrow morning up until noon. So if you need to get outside tomorrow morning, noon hour, that's your break. Otherwise, it's going to be wet. And snowfall warnings. So we're 15 centimeters still possible in the Caribou and Central Interior, mostly East Caribou. And down through the Columbia and Kootenai region, also expecting snowfall. Also, the chance of freezing drizzle in areas near Terrace. Watch for that into tomorrow morning. It's all of that snowfall that has created an avalanche warning. High avalanche concern in through the North Columbia region. But most of the mountain ranges in through the Rockies are expecting significant or what they call considerable uh, warning levels. Now, there's your forecast. So cold and clear across the north, wet across the coast. Just a few flurries. The majority of that snowfall I showed you is through the overnight period tonight and that extends into the Columbia region because temperatures warm up during the day and you will see it change over to mainly rain. Certainly mild across the south we are talking about rain and we're talking about rain of course across the south coast but as I mentioned there's that little break and we may catch a little bit of blue sky through the morning and noon hours tomorrow and then the next wave pushes on shore and we will be wet Saturday evening through our Sunday. Couple birthdays for you tonight. Happy birthday to Mary Patterson and David Hunden and our weather window, of course, a rainy shot from Port Coquitlam. I tried to get the name of this little guy or gal, but uh, I wasn't able to get that in time. Thanks to Amy for that shot. He little needs, Smurf. He needs to join yeah. the Blue Man Group. That's right. All right, there's no shortage of bright lights in Vegas, but the city's original signs were at risk of being lost forever. That is until a little augmented reality came into play. The city's neon museum was at risk of closing its doors forever. The relics had suffered years of desert sun and winds, and restoring them would cost thousands. But now they're shining again. Digital animations of the signs are being projected onto the hulking metal. The signs on display include the originals from the Golden Nugget, Lady Luck, and the Stardust. The 30-minute immersive experience is available every night after sunset. Amazing. Well, it's a thrill-seeker's dream. And an acrophobe's nightmare. Go! The world's longest zip line opened today in the United Arab Emirates. Riders are propelled at speeds of up to 150 kilometers an hour down the country's highest mountain peak, Zipline spans nearly three kilometers, which is the equivalent of 28 soccer fields, if you can imagine that. It was certified this week by Guinness World Records, beating the previous record by more than 300 meters. You can't even see where it ends up when you take off. That's crazy. Weird. You'd love it, hey, Squire? Yeah. yeah. You're an acrophobe, are you? Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> A new star has emerged for well, the Canucks. For one night anyway. Yeah, I well, mean, he's that's a good. checking star, I guess, but scoring star? Not usually, Brendan Gauntz is. <laughs> Why am I talking like Yoda? Uh, in last <laughs> night's 4-2 win by the Canucks over Chicago, the part of Brock Besser was played by Brendan Gauntz.
Prince Charming wasn't needed. Vancouver got two goals from a guy who once went 95 straight games without scoring. And he has as many career goals as I can count on my hand. And everybody was happy for him. There's a chance for Brendan Gonks in with Hornack. Gonks shoots, he scores! They don't give out style points for goals in the NHL, but if they did, Brendan Gonts finally got a high mark. Before Thursday night, Gonts only had three career goals, two of which bounced off his skate or body, and the other a change-up when his stick snapped as he shot. But against the Blackhawks, Gonts got two nice ones, which also happened to be his first two goals ever scored on home ice. It's nice to score at home, and... Um, they were, I couldn't really hear. I was pretty zoned out after I scored, so, but it's just good to contribute. And he almost got the hat trick, but his long-range shot just missed in the dying seconds. They were battling for about two minutes. I came on the ice, and I just iced it, but I'm not, I haven't got many chances at a hat trick, so I'm, I'm going to try for it. Gantz was a first-round pick back in 2012 and seems to be gaining confidence. He's only 23, plays a dependable game that coaches and teammates appreciate but adding scoring makes him even more valuable. He's a big, big, strong body. He can shoot the puck. Uh, for him, it's about moving his feet, and a lot of things open up for him, and, and uh, he had a, had a really good game tonight. You know, winning puck battles, being physical, being hard to play against in that role is part of it, but you know, he's still got to find a way to chip in. And maybe the odd pretty one, too. Very delay Global Sports. Now, I did think that breaking your stick across the goalie's head was a penalty and should negate any goal you score right afterwards, but apparently not. Despite this Game of Thrones move by James Neal, Vegas got this goal from Eric Holler. They said it was good because the puck was behind Hellubuck. Really? Paul Maurice certainly doesn't agree with it. But things are going Vegas' way this year. The uh, BC Lions acquired defensive end Odell Willis in a three-way trade that included Edmonton and Ottawa. He's 33, older than you would like, but this is a guy who can still get to the quarterback. Had eight sacks last year, and the Lions certainly need more sacks this coming season. They were third worst in the league at getting quarterbacks. BC gave up a fourth-round pick and a player on their negotiation list for Willis. Well, here's a weird stat heading into this Sunday Super Bowl. In the seven previous Super Bowls that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have been involved in together, the New England Patriots have never scored a point in the first quarter. Can you believe that? Not one. Not a touchdown, not a field goal, not a safety. Zero. Every time. And they've won five of those seven Super Bowls that Brady and Belichick have been together in. That might be why the Patriots always have close games in the Super Bowl. There has never been a blowout for New England. All right, second round, waste Optimus management, Phoenix three. Open. Let's check on Adam Six Hadwin. On his back nine Six today. birdies in the back nine, including this 15-footer on the 18th. This putt, really. Seven under par, tied for eighth, just three off the lead. Fourth-year pro on the PGA Tour. Fellow Abbotsford alum. Are you an alum from Abbotsford? Or native or citizen? Would he be an Abbotsfordian? Abbotsfordite. All right. Whatever you like. Nick Taylor missed a few uh, birdie putts today. Would have been lower, but he made the cut at minus two. Ricky Fowler, who was complaining that the fans were heckling him yesterday. Shot 66. Leads at 10 under par. Shot of the day, Robert Garrigus. This is a par four. 317 yards. Par four. He's hitting three wood. Here we go. 
Hitting three wood. Hitting three wood. Yes, I know. They play a different game than we do. Could it be? Could it be? Oh! oh. Almost aced a par four. Needless to say, he made the putt for Eagle. If you don't believe me, there it is. All right, Davis Cup action. Canada, Croatia. Vosik Pospisil won the first set against Borna Koric, but uh, lost the next three. And he wasn't happy yeah, about it. Whoa. A lot of credit to Whoa. Wow. Um, that was a nice racket at the start of the game. Wait a minute. It's not broken enough, apparently. All right. Denis Shapovalov. His racket survived. And he won his match against Victor Galovich. So Canada won one after the first day. The winner of this Davis Cup tie gets to go to the quarterfinals. And BC now four and five up at the Scotties in Penticton. There you go. Snow in a base of 356. Cypress with a base of 393 and Sasquatch 346. Revelstoke with a base of 246. Manning Park 192. Powder King with 14 new centimeters of snow and a base of 255. Mount Washington 257. Big White with a base of 243. Silver Star 226. Sun Peaks 184. And Apex 216. Coming up on ET Canada, the NFL welcomes back Justin Timberlake, but what about Janet Jackson? Plus, Oscar winner Lupita Nyong'o on Why Black Panther is so inspiring. All of that coming up at 7 right after the news hour. But for now, it's back to you, Chris and Sophie. All right. Thank you, Cheryl. Satellite debris time and, of course, the Super Bowl edition. Yeah, we usually That's do this great. the day after the Super Bowl. We're going to do it two days before. Oh, by the way, I said BC 4 and 5. 4 and 6 have now been eliminated from the... Scotties. Oh, uh, gotcha. Okay. Hate to bring everybody down, but that's the truth. Okay, so we're going to start with uh, two commercials here. Uh, the first one combines Mountain Dew and Doritos, which is owned by the same company. And the next one is going to be from Febreze. Don't often see Febreze at the Super Bowl, but it's a good one. Here we go. Doritos Blaze, a bold new flavor that brings the heat. Dave and my bleep don't stink. Well, for a boy whose bleep don't stink, Dave turned out to be a very well-adjusted adult. Good kid. Bleep don't stink. Well, we first noticed it at his first birthday. Nothing. Nothing very pleasant. Normal. Normal. He's a freak. I got teased a little bit. A little bit in the locker room, you know. But the janitor liked him. I miss Dave. Let's talk a little bit about your ex. Three years I dated a guy who's blood on stink. You tell me how am I supposed to move on? 
My friend, her son's a lawyer, but my son, his bleep don't stink, so. That's better than being a lawyer. Fabrice. <laughs> there you go. So that's always good. good when your bleep don't stink. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you mentioned this one before about uh, Alexa yeah. losing her voice. Yeah. Let's see what happens when she loses her voice. Yeah. In Austin, it's 60 degrees with a ch- <laughs> Alexa? Amazon's Alexa lost her voice this morning, causing a Alexa lost her voice. How is that even possible? We have the replacements ready. Just say the word. And you're sure this is going to work? <laughs> Yeah. Alexa, show me a recipe for a grilled cheese sandwich. Pathetic. You're 32 years of age, and you don't know how to make a grilled cheese sandwich. Its name is the recipe, you Alexa, how far is Mars? Oh, how far is Mars? Well, how am I supposed to know? I never been there. This guy want to go to Mars. <laughs> for what? There's not even oxygen there. Alexa, set the mood. Now setting the mood. You're in the bush. And you're just so dirty and so sweaty because it's hot in that bush. Alexa, rebush, re- reboot. Alexa, play some country music. Oh, I don't dance now. I make money moves. No, no, Alexa, country music. Alexa. Alexa, call Brandon. I'm afraid Brandon is a little tied up. But do let me know if there's anything I can help you with. Jessica? Nobody does. Good boy. Thanks, guys. But I'll take it from here. <laughs> it's the only reason I got to do Global National today. Donna lost her voice. Right. Yeah, it's going around. All right, last two. Uh, M&M's. We saw um, some stars in the first segment. Mm-hmm. And then that last segment, here's uh, Danny DeVito and also one for Groupon. Here we go. I've had three people try to eat me today. Three. Ooh, lucky penny. Anyway, sometimes I wish I were human. Whoa. Look at me. I'm human. Do you want to eat me? No. Do you want to eat me? No, thanks. No? Would you like to eat me? Ah, nobody wants to eat me. I'm the luckiest. You dropped your lucky penny. Man, I look good. You're still short and bald. When you use Groupon in your neighborhood, you're not only saving money, you're also supporting local business. I mean, what kind of person wouldn't want to support local business? I hate local business. Family owned, even better. Shut it down. When you save in your neighborhood, it feels so good. It didn't feel good for him, though. <laughs> Download the app and save. <laughs> Tiffany's got a great laugh. Yeah. A great laugh. I want to see that Skittles commercial, but I guess... We already showed it last week. No, but I want to see the... Oh, the what they actually do, right, because those were just the preview commercials. Good point. But only one guy gets to see it. Well. One teenager? Some yeah, something like Marcos. that. Your call on the game, Super Bowl? Uh, New England by... Six. 